0: Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and our goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us playful, get us serious, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do it just a bit more because we made the connection. So today, you know, I love Park Square Theater. So I always love when Michael John Peace is my co-host and we get to talk about the Park Square Theater programs. Welcome, Michael John. Thank you so much. And we started out with the garden
1: theme before the show. (laughs) You've got your fresh mint in your water and a gentle rain is falling to bring all the good things growing. Yes,
0: and we talked about flowers and digging and all sorts of great things that will get incorporated, I think, throughout the show today. So, Michael John, you've got a terrific show, and uh, we also have in studio today um, the artistic director uh, for the, the new after one year one year celebration yes. of the uh, artistic director. We've got Flor de here, Flor de Very good, very good, excellent.
2: <laughs> I think I,
0: I like slurred a little bit the "good" in there. <laughs> That's Lagundino. 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 There we uh, uh, go. There we go. Um, you've got a, a cool play coming up. Um, But I want to first talk about what's happening right now with Mm -hmm. rule of thumb. Rule of thumb is just hysterical. I absolutely adored it. Um, I didn't know what to expect because I, I, I expected like a – I think, you know, a traditional Agatha Christie play. But I got four or, or three at least. Three. Three, yes. three, three
1: plays. <laughs> yes. <laughs> three and it left you with a taste for more.
2: Yes. <laughs> and it did. It
1: did. Yeah, it's like three sampler-sized mysteries. <laughs> it's such an old-fashioned concept uh-huh. of putting, th- uh, you know, a couple or more one acts uh-huh. jammed together for an evening. Um, and so no surprisingly, it's like the air area premiere of shows that were written decades ago. Uh, And it's interesting the way the audience is responding because, again, people aren't used to that format. I mean, it's kind of like if you're in a theater degree in college, maybe you do an evening of one acts uh, and that's about it, right? Uh, But they're really enjoying it. It's sort
0: of like small plates. Mm -hmm. We're getting a a dinner of small plates. Right. (laughs) So how did you – how – How is it going? How are folks reacting to it? Are they loving it as much as I loved it?
1: Uh, They are, and they're really loving, I I think, the change in taste from when some of the plays were written Uh uh, and Austin Van's decision to make what might have been written as a thriller into a comic piece. The center play really is what makes that work uh, for audiences today. There's yeah.
0: almost like that that old style radio oh, oh right. no! <laughs> <laughs> Stop!
1: Really? Right. And all of those little uh, stingers they call them throughout the show that uh-huh. have these very filmic moments of music to just highlight the moment either make it seem more suspenseful or make fun of the fact that it's actually not suspenseful.
0: <laughs> yeah, It's stylized The and the costumes were absolutely gorgeous the scenery, I loved the magic of how the scenery changed. And it was like, told, even though it was the same, it was very different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's the challenge, right? It's like with, without hydraulics and 100 stage hands <laughs> <laughs> to transport you to three different worlds over uh. the course of two hours. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, people are really loving the style of it. And uh, yeah, and the fact that you don't have to follow a through line for two and a half hours. You <laughs> just get three different stories.
0: Right. <laughs> so tell me how long is it still going to be running for?
1: So it runs through August 25th. This is the latest we've ever run in our season. Um we had we had flirted with the idea of running through the state fair and I was like, Oh come on people, we're really not gonna do that. <laughs> Plus we have a new season to open, so we need to stop this one at some point. <laughs>
0: So tell me a little bit about the season coming up.
1: Oh, the season coming up is so exciting. So we'll hear from Leno. It's his the very first season that he's planned for us. Uh, he's been leading the last season that Richard Cook planned, um, the season that we're in, uh, and it's really big and bold. And it says, "Hey, come to Park Square, <laughs> have fun." Uh, Again, to your through line of uh, ideas that matter, we used to have a tagline uh, more than a decade ago that we were entertainment that matters, Mm -hmm. and that's still true. It's just not our tagline anymore, (laughs) Uh, but it's still one of the cores of how we program, and so I think you definitely see it. they're all evenings worth coming out for, but there's a lot of fun and a lot of what I call big invitations.
0: Well, there's nostalgia for me with a Rocky Horror. I know. And don't you love our little
1: tagline for that is sexy classic musical. We just made up a category called sexy classic
2: musical. <laughs>
1: because it's like, well, it's been around for since the 1974. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point, at what point does it become classic and not just old, right? Well, <laughs> Except think, it's new for everyone that sees it. <laughs> well, I
0: think 30 years gives it. But, you know, it became such a cult classic so mm-hmm. quickly because it was so bizarre I mean, I I did in the 70s attend and bring toast and a raincoat and all of those things. It became a party. So I I would guess that you might have audience members that – Recall that, and may even, you know, uh, bring some of the props yeah. that they had Indeed. when they went to we, the. Record. We just had a
1: meeting about the participation kits that we will <laughs> yes. be selling. And now, what's different between <laughs> the stage musical versus the yeah. movie? There's a couple songs that they have that are different, and there's no toast. In no, the toast <gasps> no toast. No okay. yeah. toast. No. There's other food.
0: I'll leave that. At
3: there's home. rice, which makes our rice. facilities manager very happy.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. But don't bring rice either.
3: <laughs> uh, we're well, we'll we're, we're
0: figuring that, that out. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Good for you. laughs> and then um, aubergine.
1: Yes, aubergine starts the season, and um, florentino brought us this play, uh, and we all fell in love with it. In fact, I remember Mary Finnerty, our education director, who is reviewing everything to see is there a, a spot for school participation in it. And her words, she started saying, "We, I love this play. We really should do it. And then it was, we must do it because we must bring it to schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was your first assignment. Yes. We must do this play.
2: Well, yeah. well Flor
0: you know, I know you, we're going to really focus on you in our next segment, but just to give us a sense of why you thought this was important and why you brought it to Park Square.
3: Uh, um, particularly that show. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a play that I've read like maybe five or six years ago. And I've been following Julia Cho's career for quite some time, actually. And I thought it was like one of the plays that she brought together all of the skills that she had been. Um, she's, she's always been a, just a fantastic writer. They've done a play, actually, at Park Square a little while ago. And um, uh, it's just I thought that she brought everything, um, all her... Fantastic writing, her intelligence, but also her heart mm-hmm. to this uh, play. And I, I, I still believe it's like one of the best plays that was written over the ten, last 10 years by an Asian American, maybe by anyone. It's just it's, It has so much heart, um, talks so personally about her relati- uh, relationship between a father and uh, a son. And I think uh, that was a big thing.
0: And it's a multicultural perspective.
3: It is. Well, it's a, a perspective of an Korean American writer about a Korean American story, and so it centers a Korean American chef um, that is dealing with uh, the the taking care of his father in the later stages of the father's life, and and how that dif- the difficulty of that is because of the the lack of. Uh, the ability to communicate with language, and um, the cultural differences. Uh, the the son has, was born in America. The father was uh, an immigrant from Korea. And so there's a lot of tension there in terms of how um, we take care of and show love sure. to each other.
0: You're doing some interesting things in the Hmong community. Is this in relationship with the Aubergine play?
1: Um, they're not they're only related by virtue of the fact that um, Florlino has picked up our strategic flag to go out and really make authentic relationships with key communities in the Twin Cities. And the Hmong community is so important to all of Minnesota and particularly St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And so we, and it, timing wise, While Aubergine is just going to begin rehearsals here in a hot minute, um, we are deep in planning and executing for a spring project called Face to Face Our Monk culture or our Hmong community. And so that is a partnership with Ping Chong and company from New York uh, to really go out in the community and interview people and create an original piece of theater based on their interwoven stories that community members themselves will perform on our stage. So talk about uh, without even passing through the medium of a playwright, per se, and and actors just really getting to the heart of someone else's story. That's going to be the first time we've ever done that on our stage. And applications are online now for people who want to participate as community uh, members in that project. So uh, it's kind of really wonderful as uh, we've been reaching out to different segments and leaders in the Asian American community locally, how often they're um, by regional theaters are kind of left aside. It's Mm -hmm. like there's lots of work and Mm -hmm. uh, with other uh, segments of our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, So or they're grouped together. It's Mm -hmm. like, everyone's Asian, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, well... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, uh, it's. I think both aubergine, the ability to be completely particular and specific about the Korean community, and then face-to-face to to get really um, face-to-face and heart-to-heart with um, our Hmong neighbors is a fantastic opportunity.
0: Terrific. Tell me a little bit about the other place coming up for the season.
1: Well, I mean, once you've said Rocky Horror, right? It's like, buy your season tickets now. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Just just stop talking and... uh, <laughs> you know, keep one ear on the radio show and go online and just buy your tickets. Well, season you can lis-
0: listen and then uh, go, go to the Park theater.org
1: Right. And what I can say is Big Pink Glitter Stage. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, then we have uh, next show in the season after Rocky Horror is Pride and Prejudice, uh, a oh, new good. feminist take since Jane Austen was the really the first feminist writer um, in, in British literature anyway. Uh, and so that's fun and fast paste, and it's the story that you love full of the heart of uh, people who are actually searching for love, but it does uh, really poke fun at the idea of marriage as a business <laughs> and a contract that is at the heart of a lot of her work. Um, and then January brings this Evita. Uh, So, another huge invitation just for musical lovers and stories that people have heard of or seen. But again, a different take. Um, I'm just hearing some casting that'll make that very interesting.
0: Uh, It's always interesting to look at a (laughs) 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 despot, see if it relates to us in any way. (laughs) And and really from
1: just a woman's perspective, what society can demand of you or what it feels like it takes to Mm -hmm. get to where you want to be. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll hear more we about will. the rest of the season, uh, so stay with us. Our next segment, we're going to do a, a deeper dive into looking at aubergine, mm-hmm. and I'm delighted to have Flor share with us more insights about that play coming up. So stay with us. Don't go away. Um, we're here to make the connection, and we're glad you're here today. <laughs>
4: Chances are after spring cleaning you missed a spot, a couple really big spots, like your roof and siding. Run your fingers across your siding, you'll likely get a gross residue and your roof probably has some black streaks too. Your roof and siding aren't always easy to clean, but they're definitely the most visible parts of your home that give it its curb appeal. So let Blue Sky Services clean your roof and siding, Blue Sky's safe soft wash method won't cause any damages and will make your home look like new. Right now, Blue Sky Services is running their summer special where you can get your whole house, roof and siding clean starting at only $447. That's the most viewed parts of your home clean for only $447. Then mention AM 950 when you call Blue Sky Services to get an additional $50 off. So get the curb appeal back on your home and call Blue Sky Services at 952-467-2447. That's 952-467-2447. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
5: Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about the joy of live fire cooking. Cooking over a live fire is the oldest and most basic form of cooking.
1: What's new is in the way a fire is handled and its heat is managed.
5: It's easier to experience and enjoy the smell and taste of food cooked over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces
1: sells and installs live fire grills, fire pits, and ovens. Let us help you experience the smell, the
5: taste, the fun of cooking with fire. Pizza was first made and is still best made in an open fire oven. The radiant and conductive heat of a live fire is unmatched for wood
1: roasting and baking artisan breads, too. Come see the many ways you can cook over a live fire.
6: Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Out of the ordinary products and services since 1977.
0: <laughs> Welcome back. We're just having a great time chatting it up. Um, you're back with Connections Radio Show, and we're glad that you've joined us today. And we're we're all about Park Square, and we're talking about the season. Uh, we're talking about the first couple shows, and we have both my co host uh, Michael John Peace, who is the executive director of Park Square. And we're also blessed today to have the artistic director, Flordelino Lagandino.
3: Oh, those I, are good. I, I practice. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Uh, <laughs> who's going to be sharing uh-huh. with us more about uh, Aubergine in yeah. particular. This is your first play that's totally yours that you picked mm-hmm. and now you've, you're debuting as director. Yeah. So tell me about
3: that. Well, yeah, Aubergine. Um, uh, As I told you before, I I picked the play a lot because of the writing. Also, I remember when I first read the play, I remember um, just actually being very emotional about it towards the end. Um, The way that uh, the the relationship between the father and the son um, transpires and and eventually ends um, was really moving to me. I thought that... um, it really captured the wholeness of the Asian American experience. I think for me, a lot of my um, my history has been how do we present um, Asian American stories or Asian American people as whole individuals, not just as like uh, stereotypes. But how do we show the fullness of their lives? And I feel like this is one of those plays that actually does that. Sunmi is here. She's um uh, she we were in another show together, um, uh, Viet Gun over at Mixed Blood Theater, and I think that's one of the other plays that does that. And I wanted to be able to share you know, again one of the one of the best Asian American plays in the last ten years that have been written. Um, I think something that really struck me in terms of the community is actually how many Korean Americans there are actually in in, in Minnesota um, there's uh, Carrie Ruth who is on our board um, it's almost like a it's almost like a, a love letter to Carrie Ruth in some ways um, in order to be able to give uh, people the opportunity to see themselves on stage that's a really big thing that in talking to uh, Richard Cook and talking to the to the board coming here and, and something that's really important to me me it's like how do we have um, everyone have a seat at the table to be able to, and how do we have a, a theater where everyone's has the ability to see a representation of themselves on stage? That's really, really important. So, like meeting people like soon me, meeting people like um, Megan Kreidler, who was in our show at Viet Gone. I was like, oh, these are uh, these is a, this is a story that would really resonate with this community. Um, so I started with that, and then there's like some personal things within that um, that are really interesting to me in terms of food. I I mean, I love food. <laughs> Korean food is actually the my, my favorite food in the in the whole wide world. I love Korean barbecue. Love Korean food. <laughs> I spent um, two years in Korean te- Korea teaching English second language, uh, so I have a I have a, a, a rich history. Um, short but um, um, wonderful time eating eating my way through Korea for two <laughs> years. But like, um, it's so important to their culture and also to uh, my my background is Filipino, and that's really important to me. Is like we. We, we use food as a way to get to know people. Um, we use food as a way to share our love. Um, I was just talking to Richard Lee, who is going to be our, our cultural consultant. He's a, a professor at University of Minnesota. And he was talking about how Koreans use uh um, food as a uh, as a way to show their love, and that's definitely the same thing in Filipino culture. Um, we love a good potluck. We love uh, <laughs> we love making egg rolls for people. Um, so that's really important to me. Um, so yeah, those are, all those kinds of things are uh, kind of uh, within the thought process of having aubergine on our stages.
0: I'm also struck by the immigrant immigrant journey mm-hmm. perspective, um, in that each Community that comes as immigrants have a shared story, mm-hmm. and yet the story is distinct. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that strikes me is about the son, who really has to navigate for the family, and that's a lot of responsibility yeah. for a son to have an awareness of both cultures mm-hmm. and to be the navigator, to be the bridge. Yeah. And and the pressure that. Yeah. that that puts on that individual yeah. and and how to how to come to grips with that bicultural awareness yeah. and who are you yeah. in, in that process.
3: And it was interesting, like talking to Richard yesterday, who was um, I was like, oh wow, I'm so glad you're on this project because you're, you're able to to, to um, uh, really um, hone in on some different ideas. He was talking about how in Korean culture, it's actually very similar to Filipino culture, is that you um, what are you doing to. Uh, um, uplift the 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 family, in a way, it's like what what are the things that you actually can do? You know, like as being a, for for me, as like being an artist. I was really happy that my my uh, my mom she was really pushing us to like do learn piano and learn music. But I don't think she actually thought we were gonna actually being
2: <laughs> <as> a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, this was just she sort was, of a good thing
0: to yeah,
3: do, no. not
2: a
0: career. Yeah, exactly.
3: She's like, uh, she uh, really actually wanted us to be doctors and lawyers. But um, my end, my father, my brother ended up being a opera singer right? I ended up being a theater my sister is a, as a pastry chef she so was it's too, like,
2: good. <laughs> she's too good at that.
3: she was really too good but I think there's a, a thing about um, is Ray being a chef is that actually a good enough job for his father and so like how does that is how is that attention also within the play it's like how is Ray living up to his father's dream um, for him to having sacrificed I, I mean there's a lot of things to go into like in terms of of an immigrant father coming to the United States and a mother, and then what are they? Um, what are their expectations for their kids? Because they had to sacrifice so much in order to be in an area. And then what kind the of pressure does that put? on them? What kind of pressure does that put on them? I definitely feel that is the case with Ray. And like, there's a, a scene in the play where um, uh, Ray talks about talks to his father, who is actually. Um, just sleeping and it's the only way he can talk to his father talks to him about um, this, this, this time when he came back from studying in Europe mm-hmm. and he made this really like four or five course meal for his father. And then at the end, his father just uh, wanted to open a can of, uh, a, a a ramen. Mm-hmm. He wanted uh he wanted, you know, that was like what he wanted. And, um, but that for him, for the father was comfort food for him. So it's like, I don't, there's like so all this different shit. How do you yeah. connect with
0: what people need and what, what you want to yeah. give them? And I think there's also with what you were saying about you know, going into the restaurant industry versus a professional. Mm-hmm. What's, what, how does that reflect in our values as a society of what is important? We know that food creates, yeah. you know, a deep sense of connection, mm-hmm. of celebration, and why is that not more honored versus becoming a doctor or whatever? You know, why, why do we have these stratas of what's important and what's not?
3: I think the thing for me in terms of my relationship with my family, it's like, it's it's just difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, if you become a doctor, if you become a lawyer, you know there's a job for you.
0: And not only a job, but, you know, there's going to be a stability financially.
3: Exactly. Yeah, there's a, yeah exactly. There's a, there's a certain level of, uh, you're automatically in the middle class. Right. So I think that that's really a big thing. And, and rest Restaurant business, you know. I'm reading right now, um, "Kitchen Confidential" by Anthony Bourdain. God bless his soul. Um, uh, but he was like talking about in the book. It's like, like what seventy percent of, of restaurants fail. I don't know, in that, their, first and in their, their first year. In their first year, exactly. So yeah. it's like, you know. And um, but it, it's also interesting that in Korean communities, I think that uh, um, sometimes restaurants have been. Um, Something that people have done in order to uh, to make money, but I th- I think as a
0: transition, as a
3: transition. Right. But there's been also within that um, a lot of help within the Korean community help to help support Korean businesses. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of. Um, I, was, uh, I was there was a, a article that I just was reading about how in Korean culture um, in America there's a lot of support for each other. So and and that's how um, a lot of. In Korean culture there's it's being passed down a little bit more than in other cultures because a lot of people are, are, are still learning about their um, learning the, the language, um, their support structures. There's some
0: transition. And in mm, that exactly. transition But I, a lot I've been very impressed in in a, in many Asian cultures the collaborative nature mm-hmm. that really creates a solid business mm-hmm. that allows folks to grow yeah. as a community. Yeah,
3: and definitely I know when my when my um uh, my parents came to the United States I know that. There was a definitely a—I remember all my aunts and uncles that weren't really my aunts and uncles that yeah. would take care of us. We'd go to potlucks together, we'd go to the things, but they were all looking out for each other all the time. So I think that that is some, definitely something in the Filipino culture and what I've seen also in the Korean culture.
0: Well, what a wonderful way to celebrate that with aubergine. Yeah. And we'll continue to talk about aubergine. We've got Sunmi Chomet. that's
2: right
0: (laughs) who will be joining us to do a deeper dive and dig deeper into (laughs) um, all the wonderful aspects of Aubergine that we can celebrate Uh, and I'm encouraging you all to go see this show I'm going to go see it and looking forward to it I love uh, being part of the Park Square season and I want to encourage you to consider becoming a season ticket holder so that you can get all of these wonderful plays so stay with us we'll be back shortly (laughs) Amen. <laughs> When you need legal assistance, let the Hennepin County Bar Association help you find the right attorney. They have professional, experienced referral counselors who can connect you to vetted attorneys practicing in a wide variety of areas, including DUI, real estate, immigration, wills, injuries and accidents, and much more. Take the stress out of finding a lawyer. Call 612-752-6666 or search for Hennepin County Bar Association. The right call for the right lawyer.
6: I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind-body-spirit-emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life.
1: Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com.
4: Tune in to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. We discuss national and local Native American news and events. Two hours is still not long enough. Join Robert Pilot, Wendy Pilot, and me, Uncle Curtis. Weekly correspondents include Winona LaDuke, John Greendeer, and Representative Mary Kanush Podine. Broadcast live a.m. 950, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. We'll be broadcasting live at the Minnesota State Fair, August 24th. At the International Market Bazaar. Brought to you by Robbins Kaplan and Ho-Chunk Nation. We are Awake.
6: Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of eatlocalminnesota.com. More than just a website, eatlocalminnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Enjoy made-from-scratch cooking at the family-owned Miltons, specializing in dishes like award-winning ribs and plank salmon, grilled up on their charcoal grill. Satisfy any sweet tooth with incredible desserts like Bananas Foster. Milton's menu also includes gluten-free options and a large selection of local craft beers, reservations accepted for groups of five or more.
1: With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today we have storms with a high near 70. While tonight could keep raining with a low around 62, tomorrow partly sunny with a high near 82, Monday mostly cloudy with a high near 76, and Tuesday partly sunny with a high near 74. We've had some strong storms with damaging hail come through the Twin Cities recently. Trust the locally owned Snap Construction for a free, thorough property inspection. Their staff knows the process well and has handled thousands of insurance claims. Free inspection 612-333-SNAP or check them out online at snapconstruction.com.
0: Connections Radio Show. And we're talking Park Square, and we've got great people here to talk about the great season and the great shows coming up. Michael John Peace, who you all know, is my co-host.
1: Always a pleasure to be here.
0: Always great to have you here. He is the executive director of Park Square, but also my co-host when it comes to our Park Square partnership in uh, promoting the programs and talking about the ideas that the shows are doing, and ways that we're connecting in the community—all good stuff. Also, have Florida Lido. I'm gonna do this. You yeah, I am. Lagundino. Yeah. There we go. <laughs>
3: we
0: also have Sunmi Chomet. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Sunmi it is. Uh, a part of Aubergine and is gonna tell us a little bit more about your experience in Aubergine and what you're doing in Aubergine and some thoughts about Aubergine. Sure. Yeah.
7: First of all, I would just really wanna thank you for having oh, us absolutely. and and I wanna just commend Flor Delino and Michael John because um, this season has created a buzz in mm-hmm. the Twin Cities. And I think in a way that um, I haven't seen for a long time, actors are just really excited about the season. Mm-hmm. And it's going to bring a lot more people to St. Paul. So I'm excited to be a part of it. It's my first play at Park Square. I've lived here for over 18 years. Um, so I'm just really excited to um, perform in this for the St. Uh, you know, Paul. And as far as Aubergine, like I just, like Flor said earlier, I've just been a fan of Julia's work for years. Um, one of my favorite plays, The Language Archive, was performed at Park Square about four or five years ago, directed by Rick Sciomi. Um, and I also love her play Office Hour. So it's wonderful to dive into her work, which I've um, loved for years.
0: And I want to echo your comments about Park Square. I, Park Square has always had a great reputation of working with local actors and, and really being part of the community. But I've also seen a wonderful trajectory of deeper connect connections into the community, mm-hmm. and. I think it's a fabulous year coming up with the multicultural voices in terms of playwrights, actors, stories. I mean, this is um, a plethora yeah, <laughs> definitely. Of, of great perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the next step in really finding how 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 is our community comprised of such wonderful stories and wonderful people and how can we see that on stage? Exactly. Yeah. So tell me about your um, – your part in Aubergine. Sure. I play Cornelia. Um, she is
7: Ray's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend who who comes back into his life because he needs a translator to talk to his dad, <laughs> but I want to say that it's also love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it's a complex relationship. They met um, working in a restaurant together, And um, Ray is kind of the epitome of um, something that Julia Cho, the playwright, was exploring is how Korean men, Korean American men, Asian men tend to have trouble sometimes communicating, especially when they have difficult relationships with their own parents who have been immigrants. Mm -hmm. And so... um, and so he, the way he communicates and the way he woos her is through food, and <laughs> which is actually a really good technique. <laughs> it, is. it works. It works. And um, and he's able. Ray is isn't the best with words, but he's able to read people in a way where he understands somehow um, how food is love, and. He's able to somehow kinetically understand how food can connect someone to their family or their soul or meaning in life, and to enrich the story that they're in at that moment. Exactly. Um, so she ends up translating for um, for Ray when he he's calling his father in Korea, translating or c- calling the uncle in Korea, and then translating for the uncle who comes to visit um, because Ray's father's on his deathbed. Um, And there's also, you know, other wonderful characters in it that Julia's exploring. There's a character who's um, a white American woman who opens the play. Her name's Diane, played by Shannon Custer. Everyone loves Shannon Custer. Um, We're a fan of hers um, as audience members and as fellow actors. Um, And she talks about... Um, how her husband was a foodie, and how they traveled the world, um, loving the most exotic food, and you know, on every continent. And then um, she got news that her father wasn't doing well, and came back and realized that, and shared a meal with her father of just a simple pastrami sandwich on buttered bread, and that became her favorite meal. Mm-hmm. Um, And then there's another beautiful character named Lucien, who's um, an African character from the Congo, who's a hospital worker that Ray meets. um, And he shares a story. Every character in the play has a monologue. And he shares a story about what it was like to be in a refugee camp and what it meant to not have food and how food that seemed like throwaway food became the most wonderful meal on the planet, mm. and how um, how also seeing so much death um, in the country he's come from, how it's helped him value seeing, um, caring for people in hospice, because it's a gift to be able to be there for people when they're passing. Mm. So he teaches this lesson to Ray. Um, so I just, you know, for me, the Julia is like a modern-day Shakespeare. You know, she's so specific with all the words that she chooses. She tries to get to something so much deeper um, as far as what... She tries to communicate through words what is beyond words. Mm-hmm. The and, subtext
0: that, that takes a world of its own.
7: Yeah, and... Um, and the centerpiece of what of the theme of the play is food and family and generational love and acceptance of death and um and how all of these stories are connected all these different people's lives, how food um brings us all together
0: and becomes a ritual it It, it has a spirituality, yeah beyond. The making of this food, it's this food that we share
7: exactly, yeah. I mean, I, it reminds me you know in, in Korean culture, you know, there's there's like you like you mentioned earlier, there's very very much um this exploration of the immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. So there's the Western way of caring for people in a hospital. But then what you see in Korean culture and many other cultures um, I have a good friend who's Hmong and you know I was in the hospital with her uh, mm-hmm. when she was fighting cancer and no matter what the doctors did and said that the, that she could eat the her Hmong family brought her all <laughs> the food that they felt was going to heal her
0: um, <laughs> that wonderful
7: and that's very much in this play as well is um, the 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 beauty and the struggle of being a first generation or immigrant in this country and navigating the world.
0: I remember when I lived in St. Paul, I had Hmong neighbors. Mm-hmm. And uh, among, uh, there was an elderly woman that would go out and always be shoveling the snow. And I just felt that was terrible. You know, there's other people. Why Why is the elderly, the oldest woman oh. out there shoveling? And I, I, I sort of made that intonation one day when I was feeling a little like, <laughs> why are you out there? And and it was like whoa it, it was an under, it there is an honor in, in doing the snow removal and yes. that she is uh, this is her way of showing that she is healthy uh-huh. and this is her way of supporting her community and supporting her home and and and, and i got what for <laughs> in terms of making any intonation that that she shouldn't be doing this Yes. And yes. <laughs> and I learned, it was a good little cultural <laughs> wake-up call, that, you know, my expectations of caring for someone elderly um, was was protective in a way that was actually condescending.
7: Yeah. I mean, in, in, in Korean culture, you know, it's very much that the the older you are, the more that you're responsible to take care of everyone else. And, and to disrupt the pecking order of that is actually an insult.
0: Uh-huh. Um, I, and, and I realized I had insulted this woman, yeah, yeah. But she corrected me. And it, I liked being corrected mm-hmm. because I don't think if we hadn't had a relationship, she would have corrected me. Right. I think she cared enough about me to school me in don't do that again. Right, right. You know, this is my right. This is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I feel happy mm-hmm. shoveling the snow. <laughs> right. So, okay. I get it. <laughs> Which is a foreign concept
7: for Minnesotans. Yes.
0: <laughs> How could anyone do You know, I'm out there going, I should shovel the snow. No. <laughs> right. It's my job. Right.
1: Yeah. Our culture is find a nice 14-year-old. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: exactly.
0: Okay. And now you also, I want to mention before we we go to break here, that there's a nice relationship that you have with the character, Ray, but you also have a nice relationship with the actor himself.
7: Yes. Um, Kurt Kwan um, is playing the lead, and he was just in The Great Leap over at the Guthrie, and he's been in many productions with Theater Moo, and I've acted opposite him um, for over almost 10 years. We've played husband and wife, we've played girlfriend and boyfriend, we've played ex-lovers, you know, and so... It's fantastic, like you said before, to hire local actors that have a history together mm-hmm. and that can bring that to the stage um, in a way that the audiences here have seen us in multiple in multiple ways in multiple venues already.
0: I think there's a nuance that's created. I mean, actors are terrific, no matter where they come from. And when they're talented and they've got those gifts, of course, you're always going to love them on stage. Mm-hmm. But I love seeing Minnesota actors. <laughs> yes. I do. I love seeing, because they kind of get our quirky community. Mm-hmm. And there's like humor that can be found that only Minnesotans can really get. <laughs> yes. and, and just enough of feeling like we're also economically serving our own yes. and celebrating our own. And when you invest in actors and when you invest in artists in our community, you're really making an economic investment in our greater well-being. So I I love that. Thank (laughs) you, (laughs) Lori. You heard it here on Connections. Absolutely. And I want you to stay tuned because we're going to be talking about the rest of the season. We're also going to talk a little bit more about Rocky Horror, which is just fabulous. And did I mention you should buy season tickets? I think I did.
1: Parksquaretheater.org.
0: And you can go there and get some really good deals. And I recommend not just seeing one show, but all the shows. They're terrific. So stay with us to hear more about the season coming up.
5: I'm Peter Rackler from the East Side Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years, and pioneering immigrant communities—Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians—who made the East Side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out brunsonspub.com. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really got to go, but you're stuck
4: inside. That's why I had my human call the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups,
6: one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333.
0: That's 651-231-6333. Woo-woo-woo. Due to unprecedented corporate media consolidation, roughly six corporations now dominate the media. For democracy to work, people need easy access to independent and diverse sources of news and information. I'm Amy Goodman. Join me and Juan Gonzalez as we speak with international journalists, grassroots leaders, peace activists, artists, academics, and independent analysts. Democracy Now! offers real, independent news
4: and analysis. Catch Democracy Now! every weekday at 2 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
6: Crooners Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooners combines a dedicated full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. We're glad that you've joined us today as we talked about
2: all
0: the cool things happening at Park Square, plays coming up. Uh, particularly, we've done a deep dive with Aubergine uh, and, and just the wonderful complexity of different dynamics, multicultural celebration, the immigrant's journey, uh, a love story. Uh, and we we've had uh, my good friend Michael John, who is also my co-host for our Park Square shows. Michael John Peace is also the Park Square executive director.
1: Oh, that's my part-time job. Really, <laughs> it's supporting you that takes most of my mental energy.
0: <laughs> I've always felt that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> we also have the artistic director, and we're we're and and. Please know that when you come to a play, there are times that you might get arousing um, support in how to pronounce the name just to make sure that we are supporting Flordelino Lagandino.
1: Oh, wow. It's getting better every I time. The oh. I, I, artistic director with the name, it, that's a poem. Yeah.
0: Yes. yes. And it rhymes. And it's its just <laughs> yeah. lovely. Flordelino shared about why this play was picked, um, what his relationship with it. I really appreciated your, your sharing about your own journey. Yeah. And – and how that uh, comes to life in this play as well. Yeah, thank you. And we had our, our friend, Sunmi Shomet. That's it. And Sunmi was sharing about her role as also her love of the play. And we wanted to make sure that we, we mentioned all the other actors who are part of this and who are um, part of this beautiful play coming up.
7: Yes, I just wanted to do a shout out to the other um, artists in it. Kurt Kwan, I mentioned earlier as the lead, Derek Mosley, Shannon Custer, Song Kim, who actually played the role of the uncle before, so he's reprising that, um, and Glenn Kubota, mm-hmm. and um, is playing the father. So I just want to acknowledge the whole wonderful team. Yes, it's a play that has a lot of heart. It does. I
0: am looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to all my friends on AM 950, all of our listeners, (laughs) uh, to join us to come see Aubergine. And also, did I mention you really should think about getting a season ticket? This is the time to do it.
1: Well, it is an amazing uh, season. So Aubergine runs September 20th to October 20th, so that officially opens the season on the Andy Boss stage, uh, followed by Rocky Horror Show on the proscenium, and then Pride and Prejudice, uh, an adaptation by Kate Hamill, uh, takes the holiday slot uh, on the proscenium, and then Evita uh, in January, and then uh, a wonderful—this is actually a season add-on. We talked a bit about Face to Face, our Hmong community, and Face to Face is actually the launch of a new— ongoing series of shows that really will bring us face-to-face with our neighbors and the cultures around us and addressing I- issues that are important to us. Uh, and then oh, another wonderful musical, this one you may not have heard of, called Miss You Like Hell uh, by Kiara Alegria-Houdis. Um, I
0: haven't we, heard of it, but I have felt that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
1: and great uh, country rock Tejano score by Aaron McEwen, who's looking at doing a concert in the Twin Cities during the run of the show. Oh, uh, so that's the April-May slot on the proscenium. And then because summers belong – summers are made for mystery. Yes, they are. Um, Jeffrey Hatcher, a wonderful local writer How and screenwriter. Oh, isn't he great? Um, and he's actually performed on our stage in a play he wrote <laughs> through a series of mishaps. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, but his uh, wonderful new uh, Holmes and Watson. Uh, so is Sherlock Holmes really dead? Because there's reports that there's multiple people claiming to be him. Oh, so oh, that takes the summer slot next year.
0: I just adore Jeffrey. I I used to take classes from him, actually, years and years ago. And uh, he's just a joy, and he always brings a fun twist to a good mystery.
1: And there is one more season add-on when you go to the season page at parksquaretheater.org. It's one weekend only for the general audience, although we'll be running a week of school matinees. For a great show by Paige Hernandez, it's her own story, her own creation, called Paige in Full, about growing up as a multiracial woman in Baltimore. And she uses hip-hop and dance and theater. Theater, and it's a really personal journey again that that dive into the very specific that d- then brings us back to ourselves right not only the people around us but also to our own humanity
0: yeah. i also love that we'll be celebrating baltimore
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's yes. a yes. City. i think it's a city that we should all recognize yeah. as a beautiful city that has mm-hmm. lots to celebrate
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and Floralino has is bringing uh, some of his wonderful network of artists from around the country to help helm some of these productions. Uh, and I got the chance, because she stayed with me when she was in town for auditions for Rocky Horror Show, to spend some time with um, Ilana Ransom-Toplitz, who is making her Park Square directing debut with Rocky Horror. And boy, does she love musicals, and does she love this show. And because it is St. Small. Um, uh, where I live, where I call home uh, for the last 25 years. Um, of course, she has directed with uh, someone I graduated from high school with. <laughs> that's from a very small high school in Illinois. So Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, yeah I think it's St. Small, but it's also the Twin Cities. There's something mm-hmm. about the Twin Cities that, you know, it, it's like a rubber band that just pulls people yeah. in.
1: Yeah, well, and theater geeks unite across the nation, right? <laughs> I mean, at some point, you're going to work with good people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, I think I've heard that there's some other fun twists with the Rocky Horror that's a little different not only is there no toast (laughs) um, she's mourning that a little
1: bit I know I always brought
0: my toast Um, there's also a character I hear that's sort of a narrator that uh, throughout the show is sort of supporting it is that true An interesting character?
1: There is. Um, And uh, you will remember the name of the actor, hopefully, or the actress um, playing the role. Um, But, uh, yeah, there's a narrator that takes us through the story. And so if you've seen the movie, you will definitely recognize – the, the plot and the uh-huh. other characters uh, but there um, there are some new twists and it's also different we're, we're approaching the show with a lot of love for just what it is and mm-hmm. the fun and the over the top but the way we thought about gender roles and the way we thought about consent and the way we thought about um uh, sexual orientation was all very different in 1974, 1975. Yep. So it's like this show that at the one time, for those of us in the queer community, is just a pillar, right? It uh-huh. was a, a gateway into opening up our world and and, and inviting others into what was um, different and new and exciting about us. But it also, there's things that um, don't jive with how we think about it exactly. today. So it's wonderful and problematic <laughs> in that way. So a lot of intentionality's gone into the casting, uh-huh. um, and we actually have um, a a, a Domina, who is an informal um, advisor on the show around the issues of consent that come up in the show. Uh, So it's fun and rollicking, but also of the moment.
0: I think that's beautiful. And I like when we can take something from the past and know that it had a different um, cultural awareness. And and now when we have a deeper understanding of issues that could be triggers, could be this, could be that, um, we approach it and go, hey, this is how we're going to twist it this time. Right. And it
1: was important to us um, in a show about a um, transvestite transec- from transsexual Transylvania, uh-huh. <laughs> as the line goes, um, to really take on uh, and include the transgender community. Uh, and so we talked about the with the actor playing the role of the narrator um, who's played this role in the past, um, the idea of even costuming of wearing um, – Uh, tennis shoes throughout the show with all these other with the the gowns and all the the Uh fun things that that character gets to wear uh, because as a transgender person of color most likely to be chased right so that's a little message that's embedded in there and then they want to have fun with well what happens how do we get that person into heels (laughs)
0: well it's going to be a great season I can't wait uh, for Rocky Horror and Aubergine Um, come see these plays and when you see the plays you're going to get hungry for more I guarantee it. So stay with us. Throughout this year, we're going to be promoting and talking about and celebrating the great shows at Park Square. And I hope that you'll join us on the journey by
2: being a part of it and seeing it live. Indeed. Like, I want you be around.